lady needs a hobby. A Miss Fisher's Murder Mystery Podcast. I'm Mackenzie. I'm Genevieve. I'm Maddie. <laughs> Guest host Maddie. Um, this week we are reviewing Miss Fisher's Modern Murder Mysteries, episode three. Space for murder. <laughs> A oh, name as nonsensical space. as this episode. <laughs> right. Do we have any housekeeping, Genevieve? Um, yes, Miss Fisher Con is in three short weeks, so get ready for it. We're almost ready for it. But in the meantime, you can fill out our listener poll, which is everylatingneedsahobby.com slash poll. Or yeah. pinned to our Twitter, or we post it on Tumblr. It's pretty easy to find on all of our social media. Yeah, please fill it out. It only takes a couple minutes. It's really <laughs> short. And we're really enjoying watching the results pour in. We're surprised and amused. And yeah. and thank you to everyone who's written their own answers, because we were looking for that. So. Oh, yeah. You. Great job. <laughs> I can attest to it being fast, easy, and there being some entertaining memes. <laughs> yes. Genevieve is the meme master. So everyladyneedsahobby.com slash poll is where you can find that. And we hope to see you at Miss Fisher Con. And if not, you'll be able to hear our episode that we record at Con. So yeah, we're excited about it. We'll also have some costumes that we'll be posting on social media and hope to see everyone else at cons, great costumes, and we will take as many photos as we can. So see you there. See you there. Woo! <laughs> here, okay, just to get in, get right into it. I Here's my thought, and, and you guys know because you were waiting around for me to finish watching this so we could record. <laughs> These episodes are too long, and if they, had long. Just made, if they had just made it shorter... And not gone in so many crazy directions with the plot, it would have been way better. Yeah, it's way too long. I, I I really like the characters, so I would have wanted more episodes that are shorter instead of fewer episodes that are too long. Okay. <laughs> Maddie, do you not agree? I just feel like I will take as much as I can get, even if it's in an oversized episode. Mm. Well, even I if just goes crazy. I just thought the first two episodes were good, and this one wasn't. <laughs> I know that I texted you guys that it was a moderately good episode, but I'm, I, like, rewatched it, and I just have to amend to moderately bad. Like, I didn't, yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't want to watch this, but I have to because we have a podcast about it. <laughs> you should have procrastinated the absolute last possible second like I did. Um, well, I did, I was re-watching it just now, which I guess answers the question of, like, can two people use the Acorn account at the same time? Oh, I was watching it, too. Oh, that would explain why it never, I switched to, I was watching it on the TV, and then I came downstairs, and it was in a different place, and I was like, what? What happened? (laughs) But now I know. Acorn's gonna send us a cease and desist. (laughs) (laughs) Let's watch your logins. I do have to say that out of the four episodes that we have, this would rank at the bottom for me. Okay. I saw that the next one is at, like, a culinary school, so I'm looking forward to that. That sounds better. Yeah, it was good. Oh, yeah, I guess Maddie's the only one that's watched all the way through. But see, I just, I feel like in this episode, things between James and Peregrine were heating up, and I was totally into it, and then I was like, there's only one more episode. I I know. I know. And we hear more about, we learn more about the backstory for Birdie. Mm-hmm. Things are chugging along with the couple. That's true. I just, I think, like, I appreciate that they, you know, that there was some, like, romance happening, but it's not the same because it's like the, there's no reason for them to not just get together. Like, there's no obstruction. So it's not 
tense like it was in the original series. You know what I mean? Like, it's just there. I'm like, okay, like, why don't you just ask her out to dinner? Is there something stopping you? Or, like, what's going on? He's a police officer and she's a private investigator. I don't know. I'm totally yeah. into it. I think it's but cute. He's, he's never even said, like, anything to that effect. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, like, we can't be together because of XYZ. Well, I really liked the music in this one. I don't know if I really liked it, though, but I liked the music in this one. They blended the eerie mystery music with the creepy UFO music, you know? Oh, I wish I'd paid closer attention to that now that you mention it. Well, you know that classic UFO music that's like... <laughs> and then it's like, imagine that plus the dun-dun-dun kind of typical Miss Fisher that music. That was a- an amazing imitation of the UFO music. That was so good. Well, now you don't have to go back and watch it. Yeah. Especially since you thought it was a moderately bad episode. I want to have to put you through that. I want to be clear. I think that the costumes were good and the acting was fine um, and the music was fine. The writing was not okay. Like, it's just what was happening. Like, what was going on? It's totally just weird and nonsensical. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, my first note is Miss Fisher's Modern X-Files. That's what I wrote. <laughs> well, you probably thought that because of the creepy UFO music. Yeah, and I just want to note, like, is it realistic that anyone would mistake a helicopter for a UFO? Like, even in the 60s, I feel like people would have known that that was not a UFO. But I think she was already on the drugs. But her boyfriend thought so too, and he wasn't on the drugs. But he didn't think so at first until she was, like, really convinced, and he was like, what's going on? I guess I just thought it was a stretch. But if the, the light was shining right at them, if there was a helicopter above you and you couldn't tell it was a helicopter because there was a light, like, shining right at you? you but a helicopter, a helicopter makes a very distinctive sound. Well, do you know the sound of a UFO? Have you ever been hit by one? <laughs> yeah, maybe a UFO makes a specific sound, too. And it's like yeah. a helicopter. Also, you know what? Helicopters produce a tremendous amount of wind. And I don't think that that was happening in this scene. Which oh. just actually seems like poor editing or something. And not, like, evidence that it was a UFO. Okay, here's a thought. Maybe every helicopter you've ever seen has actually been a UFO. Did you ever think about that? Oh, my God, I think you're right. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like you haven't thought about that. But do you do you know that helicopters actually exist? Um, I can't say for certain because I don't think I've ever been in one. Have you guys? No, no. Well, that could be a spinoff. Mackenzie's first helicopter flight. (laughs) No, I have been in a helicopter, but maybe it was UFO. I think it was. Yeah, this guy I knew growing up had a helicopter and we got helicopter rides. But that was a long time ago. I could be misremembering. It could have been a UFO. (laughs) I mean, maybe your whole life has been a lie and you were abducted and now you're just like living in a simulation that's being put on for you by aliens. Mind blown. That's 100%. It's everything about my life. (laughs) That would mean that I'm just a figment of your imagination, which would be pretty sad for me. Ah, It's too much. (laughs) That's why my background is blurred on the call. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so my thought on the scene at the beginning was, it's just the class, when he tries to start the car and he can't, it's just like a classic, like that has 100% happened to me where you're like, you know, maybe 
out somewhere late where you shouldn't be doing something you should be doing and the car doesn't start, say. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that seems to happen to me, like, at the grocery store, in my driveway, basically oh. anywhere I go, in my 94 Camry. <laughs> yeah, but okay. That... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, okay, my next note is once again about Birdie's impressive collection of leather vests. That is also my, my next note. The full leather set. Yeah, it's great. That's, like, I'm not sure that that's what I would consider to be spy gear. Like, leather, full-on leather get-up. She's not in the game. She's not in the game. I guess so, yeah, she is, she is. She's riding around her motorcycle. Yeah, and you want leather on a motorcycle. It's Mm -hmm. better for when you skid. That's true, True. yeah. Yep. Yeah. She knows a thing or two about motorcycle riding. (laughs) And I have I have a fake leather jacket that I wear and I'm not sure it provides the same level of protection, but it makes me feel better. (laughs) (laughs) I mean it makes you look the part. So this episode showcases the Telex machine. So Genevieve, did you look up Telex machine? I did. So the Telex network was a public switch network of teleprinters similar to a telephone network for the purses, purposes of sending text-based messages. So it basically sounds like fax before fax was a thing. Okay. And, I and really, it was like a typewriter was like printing it out. Yeah, I loved the like series of dots, but then like a mm-hmm. little strip red was fed in. It looked so cool. Yeah, it seems very similar to a fax machine, just a little bit different function and that the typewriter was was typing instead of it printing Hmm. because that's basically after that opening scene with the couple in the convertible that's where the episode opens Mm -hmm. is birdie is waiting for a friend who does not show meanwhile she's receiving an sos message on her text machine from said friend but of course she doesn't see it until hours later my question is what good is a telex machine if no one is monitoring it this is instant communication, and no one was... No, anyways, the point is cell phones are better for this. Yeah, I don't know. Not if you're my husband who's not monitoring his text messages. <laughs> Maybe you should get him a telex machine. I did see that I, for sale online. <laughs> he'd probably be more interested in that than in the cell phone. <laughs> it's like a cool old piece of machinery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right up his alley. Um... I wanted to note about Cecile and Birdie's standing meeting at 5 p.m. every Sunday and how Cecile had never let her down. Like, imagine. Can you imagine never being, never once being late for a, a, a meeting that happens every week? Like, it's just ridiculous to me. I would have shown up at 5.15, I mean, at the earliest, like. Based on our experience trying to schedule a podcast <laughs> sessions, I am definitely would not be too well with a standing weekly yeah. meeting. Um, I I skip in my notes straight to the part where Peregrine becomes the tea lady at the suspicious factory what? slash lab. <laughs> okay, well, well before that, I noted that I really love Violetta's new glasses. They're mm, fantastic. I didn't notice that, but good mm, note. Knew that. Good note. <laughs> <laughs> I admired them through the whole episode. They're very stylish. They're improving over the old one she had. Do you think Samuel took her to Warby Parker? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because Samuel is very, also has very cool glasses that look like they came from Warby Parker. I think actually Warby Parker has glasses that look like they came from the 60s. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's a well, great shot of a guy at the lab with Coke bottle glasses, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, before she becomes the tea lady, they find Dr. Armand 
in the car, ice cold, crashed. Literally ice cold. I want ice cold. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, whoever transported her body, like, crashed her car and then just, like, escaped from it? Or do you think they just put a rock on the gas pedal and let it roll down the hill? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't really have anything to say. I I wanted to note that, like, the flake of blue skin that Peregrine finds in her hair is such a bizarre clue. Like, because she'd been, like around Tanya whose like skin was like just moderately maybe kind of blue in spots like that she would then get this like flake of blue skin in her hair and then like her dead body is transported into this car which is then like crashed into a tree and this random blue flake just stays in her hair ridiculous it is a little ridiculous it's a lot but I mean it's the same as the like crushed makeup in the last episode like it's Maybe even more believable than that. Also, it's not really a... It's not like that is a necessary clue, right? Yeah, because they they figured out already that she was helping Tanya. Well, no, because it's what Violetta uses to, like, figure out. No, it's not a necessary (laughs) clue. (laughs) I was thinking that through it's not. Violetta figuring out... I am obsessed with the scenes of her, like, doing science. Like, (laughs) you know, she's, like, got the beakers bubbling, and she's, like, heating stuff up. And I'm, like, are there any chemists out there that listen to the show? Because (laughs) when I see her, it looks like what I would do if I was pretending to be a chemist. But I don't know if that's very real, you know? (laughs) What do, you, what do you guys think? Well, here's what I noticed. She, when she gets the blue azure, like, vial, she just doesn't have gloves on, doesn't have a mask on, just opens it and smells it. And it's like, they think they're testing chemical weapons. And I'm like, no, you would 100% have gloves on. Like, they were wearing masks and suits in this facility. And she just, like, opens it with her bare hands. I was like, no, no. You don't think yeah. her fancy glasses that you like so much would protect her? Well, she did have safety glasses that she had on. I don't know if she had them on that scene, but she had them on other scene. But you're right. That is, like, the first thing they teach you in... I remember, like, in AP Bio or Chem or whatever, they were like, don't just fucking put your nose up to the beaker and take yeah. a huge sniff. Like, you gotta, like, waft it towards you yep. and then, like, smell lightly. And that's something that you know what it is, not, like, some mysterious yeah. government substance from, like, a weird, creepy lab. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have to say, I've been binging Stranger Things Season 3, and the whole thing kind of reminds me of that. I don't know if oh. you guys are watching that. I haven't started watching Season 3, but I did have that that thought. I was like, have they gone to the, like, upside-down laboratory from Stranger Things? Because that's 100% <laughs> the vibe I'm getting. <laughs> Well, so season three does involve Russians and it involves like large glass beakers of dangerous chemicals that are just like, yeah, and like a creepy underground lab that's just like so over the top. Like, I don't think this is how scientists actually work. Like with the chemical, it's, you know, no. <laughs> um, so my next note is, um, I thought it was really funny when Peregrine asked the cleaning woman, is her name Rosemary? Mm-hmm. How long she's been in Australia? And she's like, fuck you. Don't ask me how long I've been in Australia. And I was like, okay, that's funny. <laughs> it's like she's a like, distinctive. Oh, is, it is it the accent? I'm sorry. Like, I deserve to be here. So shut up. <laughs> yeah. I lo- it's like kind of an anachronism. Like, it's a distinctly like 20 teen sentiment, but I appreciated it. <laughs> I don't know. 
I also, before we get to the undercover tea lady thing, the other note that I had is that Samuel is really growing on me. He really annoyed me in the first episode, I think, because I was like, what is this man doing at the Adventurous' Club? This is a ladies' club. But he's growing on me. I I liked him a lot in this episode. Yeah, I don't think I was ever too annoyed by him. Maybe in the first episode. Yeah, I like all his gadgets now. In this yeah, I feel like they just developed his character a little bit more, and maybe that's why I like him so and maybe that's why you need extra long episodes for all that character development. Maybe. Well, I do often complain about a lack of character development in other series that I follow, so I guess I shouldn't be so be so harsh. But I just I could have used like fifty percent less capering around the lab. <laughs> the part where the de- the main the asshole detective comes and Peregrine spends like approximately twenty seven minutes like sort of <laughs> like jogging around but the lab. But the hallways and, like, are so long. Like shortbread biscuit and then just like running away and like ducking <laughs> behind something else. And I'm doing a lot of pantomime that the listeners cannot see. But I just, I was like, when will this end? <laughs> Anyways, undercover to you lady, we should discuss. Um, I like the uniform. I thought it was cute. <laughs> oh, I hated the uniform. All right. I did view this as a nice nod to the original series, though. Because she was undercover. As a tea lady. Right, yeah, like Dorothy, of course. Like, literally, Dot goes undercover as a tea lady. And I was thinking, how common was this tea lady thing? This literally spans decades. And why don't we still have tea people? Because now we have Treggs. But what if someone just wheeled, like, I have to walk downstairs to get coffee at my office. But if, like, I mean... It's 2019, so I think at this point it'd probably be a tea man that just like wheeled a little cart through the <laughs> office. A brought... cabana boy. <laughs> who brought me my coffee at regular intervals? It would be fantastic. Yeah, and I feel like excited at my new office that there's like this fancy, gigantic Starbucks machine that like grinds coffee and you can choose like the number of ounces or if you want hot chocolate or coffee. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, this is fancy, but to think they used to pay a staff person. Are you kidding? No, like, you know, the oh, lady. I at your office. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, they, they, you know, offices used to have a tea lady. So even our best office is now pale in comparison. It's so true. Although my office is of a bar cart, which I often operate. I push the bar cart. Do you solve mysteries while you do it? I mean, I solve the mystery of like, no, I don't solve mysteries. And you know, we did have a mystery that we never solved, which was who keeps drinking our vodka supply. We never figured that out, but we did lose like two handles of vodka until we started hiding it. You need to go undercover, or maybe I can come undercover as the bar cart lady in your office and solve the mystery. Yeah, my office has like approximately 30 people in it. So I think you would immediately be spotted as someone who doesn't (laughs) work there. (laughs) <laughs> you're underestimating my abilities okay yeah well the the absolute extent of our mystery solving skills was to just draw a line on the handle of vodka to just be sure that we weren't imagining that it was disappearing at a rapid rate i definitely wanted to do that with like oat milk in the work fridge you know really? Has anyone taken this how would you draw the oat milk container isn't isn't see-through though? Right. So I don't think I'm, I'm just saying like I've wanted to measure somehow my beverages in office fridges. Well you need some sort of float that sends a, <laughs> a signal to like an, to an app on your phone. 
But can you oh, maybe yeah. develop this app where you could to monitor whether someone's drinking your oat milk? Like an IoT, like an internet connected mm-hmm. float. Yeah. So yeah. You just drop it in the thing and then you you mark like when you're pouring it. And then if it's being poured at a time that you're not marking it, then you know someone else is stealing it. Wow, that could be if that gets into the wrong hands, like say parents with underage children, you could really destroy a lot of high school fun. Also you could make a lot of money from overprotective parents. Yeah. Also I'd like to point out that you're speaking to two people that didn't have a lot of high school fun. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the fact that we would make up for those kind of actions by refilling alcohol with water. So, like, these days I feel pretty bad for Karens in our high school circles because, like, they were just drinking a lot of watery gin. I don't think you need to feel bad about that, though. Everyone needs to stay hydrated. Yeah. You were doing them a favor, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, they're probably drinking too much anyways. <laughs> oh, man. Um, my next note is, uh, like, she fraternizes quite a bit with Steed in the parking lot. And, like, that's the least undercover thing I've ever seen. Like, anyone could just look out the window and be like, the tea lady's talking to the detective an awful lot. (laughs) Not even just in the parking lot, inside the building. They're, like, just investigating together. And I was like, you are undercover. And I'm just saying, Dot is much better at the undercover thing. And Miss Fisher is much better at it, too. Like... Anyway, but undercover dot is the best undercover agent we've ever seen. There is the, the world. <laughs> <laughs> they do do a direct tie-in, I think, to undercover dot as a tea lady when because dot says to Doctor Mac, like, you look like a black tea with lemon type of person or mm-hmm. something like that, and then Peregrine says something similar to Steed about how he takes his coffee. Yeah. No, they're definitely, it's like a huge nod to the original series, which I don't hate. I thought it worked. Yeah. Well, it might be time to talk about the best part of this episode. (laughs) Does anyone know what that was? How Birdie is a spy? No. Okay. I was thinking the Berrigren scene. Was that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Definitely part of it. How fun was that? How fun was the high hallucinating detective? Best part of the episode, I think, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love this as a romantic comedy trope. The, like, the, like one party is drunk and admitting things or whatever. <laughs> one party has literally been given a truth serum. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I, like, they posted this on the official Miss Fisher Instagram. And I, so I was spoiled by that. I saw this kissing scene months ago when they first posted it. And I was like, well, that's kind of a bummer. And then I unfollowed the account, I think. <laughs> well, maybe you should have the sense to live in Australia, Mackenzie. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I felt a little conflicted about her kissing him. Because, like, what if the roles were reversed and she was under the influence of some drug and he had kissed her? But if she initiated the kiss? He didn't really initiate it. He was, like, lying on the floor giggling and she kissed him. I feel like, sort of mutual, yeah, but she definitely could have, like, not done that. I had that thought, too. I was like, in 2019, I have questions about consent in this scenario. <laughs> and then, I, yeah. Well, I mean, I had the same question sort of in, I mean, in Miss Fisher's season three, episode one. Um, <laughs> my favorite episode. It's I love it, but it is a little inappropriate when... Jack is like, because, you know, he he drinks the nerve tonic, he's too drunk, he gets knocked out, and then he wakes up in the house, and he's like, who undressed me? And Franny is like, me. <laughs> and that's like, 
No, she says Mr. Butler, of course. Well, no, he said, who put me in pajamas? And she said, Mr. Butler, of course, after I undressed you. See, I think (laughs) she's joking. I think Mr. Butler did the undressing. Yeah, probably. But, like, it is hazy. (laughs) I I thought this was a similar parallel to when Jack uh, had a little too much. But yes, I was thinking that too. Um, but overall, I found it hilarious and enjoyable. So me too. And I think okay, like she kissed him, and he was obviously under the influence. But also, like before that, and he had been given a truth serum, and he was like expressing his like feelings for her. So it wasn't like totally out of the blue or like her taking advantage of him necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Then you have to wonder, like, what? And then he falls asleep, and she seems sort of disappointed. And it's like, what was she expecting to have happen? More kissing. I guess so. <laughs> so I also have a note um, that I want more Fleur, the the detective, or the like constable. Like, I want as much Fleur as we would normally be getting with Hugh Collins. I had the same thought. I, like, want her to be more of a character. I feel like she's given short shrift. And these episodes are so long, we could have gotten more character development of her. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. Definitely. She needs more credit. That's what I'm saying. Because she does a lot in this episode to, like, keep James. Like, she does a lot for James in this episode. And I feel like he's just sort of, like, oblivious. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Very true. Like, when when she covers for him and then he asks her for tea, I was just kind of like, what? I know. I was, like, so annoyed. Excuse me? She just, like, did you, like, ten big favors in a row and you need to, like, get her tea? <laughs> and then he's, like, sort of rhapsodizing to her about how much he likes Peregrine, like, well, they, like, look at the stars together, which I just find kind of annoying, but... Well, but it sounds like she had been teasing him about her before, because that's what he says when he's under the truth serum. He's like, Fleur seems to think, and I just got the feeling like they kind of would talk about it before. Yeah, I think you're right. So I I didn't feel like that was like totally out of the blue, but. Yeah. Um, I also have another important note, which is what a scotch finger is. It's an Australian produced shortbread biscuit, typically in a long rectangular shape. And I did find one BuzzFeed article on the topic. Apparently they come in like little twos, like a Kit Kat. And the question BuzzFeed was posing was, do you snap it in half or do you just eat the whole thing? Snap it in half. 80% said snap it in half. Ooh, Madeline. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> do you do that with a Kit Kat, too? No. No, sometimes, yeah. Mm. Have you had a scotch finger? No. So I decided that I knew it was the cookies that they were referring to, but I preferred in my head to, to think of it as a finger of scotch. Like, you could have tea or coffee <laughs> or a finger of scotch. <laughs> how convenient. How See, I, I was thinking the finger of a Scotchman or woman. A Scottish person. Wow, just like a an Scotch actual finger. finger. Yeah. Oh, see, I was thinking, like, you know, lady fingers are a very common cookie, so. Yeah, because they look like ladies' fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and they're in my favorite dessert of all time. Tiramisu? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great dessert. It is. It wakes you up, and it is also a sweet treat. I love it. <laughs> all right, anyway. <laughs> So there's the creepy professor who's kind of a red herring. Oh, Hans. Hans, yeah. Who goes to a brothel. Yeah, the the part where he's like, I spent the evening with a young lady is so gross. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's a lot of red herrings in this episode. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys, did you figure out who the murderer was early on in the episode? No. Maddie? (laughs) I 
just thinking, who was the murderer? That's <laughs> how forgettable it is. It was Charles. Yes, but also Elaine, right? Elaine helped. And yeah, I. But then she got murdered. So yeah. I. Like, Charles occupied such a small portion of my thoughts about the entire show until, like, the very end that, yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, I went through this. I was trying to figure out who it was because I was like, I'm going to try harder this time to figure out who it was. And I was like, Hans is too suspicious or maybe just suspicious enough. He might be, like, the original person that we think is a red herring and then ends up being the murderer. And then I was like, maybe it's the other tea lady, like in Death by Misadventure. <laughs> but then I was like, no, she makes no sense as the murderer. Mm-hmm. And then I thought maybe it's the flirty scientist lady, which was sort of correct. And then I thought it's the Hungarian cleaning lady. And then I was like, no, she seems too like relatable. And it was too obvious to have been her too. Yeah. It had to be the person that never seemed suspicious. (laughs) That's who it always is. Um, I did, getting closer to the end when they actually revealed it was Charles, I was like, maybe it's this Charles guy. Which, pop quiz, where have we seen Charles before? Because this actor is in the main Miss Fisher series. Wait, what? Who is he? Any guesses? No. Wait, is he one of those, um, is he one of those rowers from season one? Nope. Is he a murderer, though, in in the original? No. Is he a love interest? No. Okay, I don't know. Okay, he play, I'll give you a hint. He also is an imposter in the original series. It's not Warwick Hamilton, is it? No. Hmm. No, he's not beefy enough to be Warwick Hamilton. I know, I don't even know why I thought that Warwick Hamilton's just, like, damn, damn sexy. Okay, anyway, I don't know. Oh, wait, he also, in the original, is pretending to be an American. Oh, is he the stunt double? Yes! Vernon Palmer Jr. Oh my god, you're right! It is Vernon Palmer Jr. Our shoe polish friend. Yes. Um, I guess there's a lot of actors in Australia. (laughs) And he's the one that you need that can imitate an American accent, so... But he never does the accent. He never he keeps using the Australian accent, I think, throughout. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. He does whistle the Star Spangled Banner, though, which I thought, really? You're undercover and you're just going to whistle the Star Spangled Banner? No. I'm pretty sure that's the first uh, thing they teach you not to do in spy school. I mean, like, he was just, he's just so patriotic and he was having a moment of love for our country. Come on. I mean, I actually thought the most ridiculous part, though, was when they when Peregrine confronted him and he had a cheeseburger in one hand and an apple pie in the other hand like didn't you guys think that was so over the top <laughs> and then the, like the american flag tie that he had on was a dead giveaway like he never would have worn that wait because did you watch the wrong episode <laughs> i was really afraid because i just rewatched it tonight but i was also like knitting and looking at zillow so i was like shit did i miss that part like but you were a liar <laughs> I just was like picturing the writers being like, what's an American stereotype? Like whistling the Star Spangled Banner. Like I just can't even. I mean. Also, do you know the um, anthem of any other countries? Because I don't. And so I don't know that Peregrine might not have recognized. I mean, I know the French national anthem. Oh, oh, Canada. I'm not sure I would recognize the tune. Except for like, oh, Canada. (laughs) But I also think, I mean, I think that that's like sort of a reference to how much other countries know about America. 
even though we don't know anything about them because many reasons yeah i mean i don't know the australian national anthem i'm just gonna put that out there i don't either well maybe you can find it and play it on the insta story for this week's episode (laughs) (laughs) um okay my next note on ridiculous things in this episode is when detective what's his name just recognizes the cia code like absurd (laughs) x9 x9 like what no Oh, yeah, at that point, the show, it had gone so off the rails, I was just like, of course he knows it's the CIA code. Like, cool. Good work. Good work, everyone. <laughs> All right, so my other takeaway from this episode is that there's several spinoff ideas that this episode provided. So, A, I definitely want a show about Birdie as a spy in the war. Like, we 100% need that show. It sounds like she had all sorts of adventures. Her and Cecile were out doing stuff behind enemy lines and she was the bodyguard and Cecile was doing all the like, science. I, it just sounds amazing. Oh, I absolutely. That. Yeah. Cool spy duo. I'm all yes. for it. And then second spinoff, this Hungarian cleaning lady who's also a scientist or a doctor. I want a show about her. She seems like an awesome person. Oh, I'm less there for that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe if she had like a sidekick or. Like a love interest. <laughs> yeah. Love yeah. interest but like they're constantly getting their faces really close together, but not kissing. I'm like, you know, maybe not kiss- just not just the doctor scientist thing. No. Yeah. The love intro. Okay. okay. Like, you know, I you know, I want to smash the patriarchy, but I also love a romantic story. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> um. Okay, I have an additional note. Um. Charles and Elaine, they really just stand there with their hands over their ears and they watch Cecile freeze to death. Like, really? You don't think they would have just gone to the coffee cart and then come back when she was dead? I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty gross. I mean, at the point where you're freezing someone to death because they want to blow the whistle on you performing, like, horrible experience experiments on like a teenager i I, you just have you've gone so far off the rails like maybe you would just watch the freezer death yeah but also who creates a freezer room and doesn't put a handle on the inside for escaping i mean i think i think that's against code now but maybe not in the 60s i guess so but like would you have ever agreed to go into such a room i would have been like i'll go in there once you put a handle on it get the screwdriver (laughs) (laughs) anyway um, I also just, this is like a, a minor thing, but when Sparrow is in the facility and like they're leading him around, he says, why are there so many corridors? <laughs> this is an actual line. And I was like, brilliant police work. You have deduced that there are many corridors in this building. So that there couldn't be an extended, extended, <laughs> extended sequence of Peregrine running around <laughs> in insanely and like ducking behind things. Yeah, it seems like Mackenzie is on Team Sparrow. <laughs> that was way harsh, Ty. <laughs> <laughs> he does have his, like, he kind of has his redeeming moment in this episode, though, right? Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, Sparrow's actually maybe not that bad. I thought he was being set up as the corrupt cop, but then he's like, he really wants Steve to succeed in his investigation. It was a little confusing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I liked it, though. I appreciate it when it's not all black and white. 
Maddie is making a face that indicates that something comes of this in the next episode, which I haven't watched yet. Oh, no, I'm just laughing at Mackenzie's. It's not all black and white. Oh. <laughs> there's, like, one shade of gray. Just one. <laughs> would, would it be better if there's 50? Ooh! <laughs> That's a good joke. That's a good joke. So my next note is that the extended confession scene is also just so long. He's like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, but blah, blah, blah. And then that happens like six times. (laughs) You mean when they're like facing off around that metal table? Yeah, yeah. But that's how it always is in these shows. It's true. I have to say I was very impressed is not the right word because I think that it's too dangerous in its brazenness. But she, like, approached two people, Rosemary and him, with, like, very little knowledge of what they were going to do. And if they were both, like, spies for, like, like, you know, we think Rosemary, we don't really know who she's going to be. Maybe she's a spy. Like, she could have weapons down there and be, like, way better at killing someone than freaking Peregrine. And then same thing with this dude in the... Anyway, I was a little bit like, why are you doing that? I had the same thought when she, like, goes to hand-to-hand combat with him. I was like, dude, this is a CIA operative. What <laughs> are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he had a gun, but, like, I, I was just like, no, this is, this is not going to work. <laughs> well, it is interesting because in the original, Jack almost never rescues Phryne, but Steve comes and rescues her in this case. Mm-hmm. And it is, like, it feel like her, like, tiny body is just getting, like, tossed around by this guy who, honestly, if he was a real CIA agent probably would have had even better skills like yeah yeah right because she actually holds him off for a while and in fact i was starting to write down like new skill of the week karate for her (laughs) then she was failing at it so yeah krav maga Maybe she's just been taking those those boutique surf fitness classes. So she's she's you know building up that strength. Yeah, she has a lot of core strength but not a lot of like aggressive motions. Yeah. She needs to take judo from Miss Fisher. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it's funny that at the end of this scene, like all they do is just punch him in the face and he's down for the count. Whereas like, you know, in most action scenes, you see people take like 20 punches and they just keep coming, which is of course is also unrealistic, but it's like just funny in the scene. And then they have like a little romantic moment. It's like, is this really the time? I don't think this is the time. And she like fluffs out her bangs. And she's like, oh, hello. I, I like that. Being, I like the bang fluff. I was yeah. like, yeah, you know, you're just like, you're in a little spot of trouble and now you're out. You're just going to like arrange your hair. Oh, I was just being choked, but hang on, yeah. I can fix my like, bangs. Not that to see her. I just, I just, you know, need to brush out my hair. Yeah. Oh. Funny, but ridiculous. Yeah, mm-hmm. I liked it. Those are all my notes. Yeah. My final note at the end is that Bernie should definitely come back into the fold and become a spy again. And we need a spinoff show about it. (laughs) I love Bernie. My my last note is like, is back kind of to Mackenzie's overall point about the two, Steed and um, Peregrine, and that like, what is keeping them from getting together? Like it ends with them just like on the roof of this convertible just like smiling at each other yeah but they definitely have a hot and heavy makeout session after that well it's not that's no (laughs) 
Why, did, why couldn't they show it? Oh, but then the episode would have been even longer. I would have waited for that. I'm pretty sure they're gonna pick up the next episode as if they've never, as if nothing's happened. So they're not gonna start the next episode exactly where this one ends with them like making out in Peregrine's car. <laughs> well, spoiler alert: the next episode starts out with them in the backseat. Really? No. Is there even a backseat in that car? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a coupe. <laughs> okay. Final note. What kind of tea lady would drive that car? I that thought that tea suspicious. was parked in the lot. I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> See, Dot, undercover Dot, had Bert and Sass drop her off like several blocks from the factory so she could walk in. Yes. Far more realistic. She, she, she even talks about that in, in the like in the mall episode or the department store episode. She says that she isn't parking far away. Hmm. Yeah, but not in this episode. <laughs> I parked right out in front of the secret government facility. <laughs> She's just so used to her luxury items, she can't even remember that they might look <laughs> funny to others. <laughs> Man, if I didn't know better, I'd think she was a millennial. Oof. Yeah, she's like just getting like reaching into her Gucci handbag for like like scotch finger. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Well, should we go into our ratings? Yes. Uh, best outfit. There was a lot of fantastic outfits in this episode once again, but my pick is Franny's purple dress and like Peregrine's. (laughs) Peregrine. Oh my goodness. Yes. See, here's what I did. I abbreviated my notes as P, which is what I do for Phryne for the regular Miss Fisher. But this time I meant Peregrine, but my mind just said Phryne. In my notes, I put capital MF for Miss Fisher. It's a little inside note into our process, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Peregrine's purple dress and boots at the beginning in the first scene. I like those too. And I didn't think of any. (laughs) Um, Well, I liked the black mini skirt with the buttons on the front that she wears with the purple blouse that she has that on in the confession scene. That was my runner up. I loved that outfit. Mostly because I was like, I would wear this outfit. Oh, actually, I liked that one better. Yeah. With the like the tie in the front. I liked that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Worst? Worst? I realized we didn't even talk about the Tanya scene in the weird room. No, basement. Oh, but yeah. that did happen in this episode, and maybe I think her hospital gown was the worst outfit. Was it a hospital gown or a weird dress? Because I thought it was a weird dress. Well, maybe that's the point. It's so bad, it looks like a hospital gown. <laughs> yeah, maybe they were trying to evoke a hospital gown, but at the same time also have it be a dress, which would be weird. Yeah. It was bad. That whole thing was so, it was like, okay, clearly they wouldn't have like a large glass windowed room just for their like failed experiment mental patient. And they would just be letting her play loud music so she could spin around and have crazy hair because like crazy <laughs> people always have crazy hair. Like it was so stupid. But it's so like, there's so many other TV shows like that. Like, have you guys watched Westworld? That's like, they're all in the glass box. I mean, they're, it's different. They're robots and stuff, but. Yeah, that's true. I haven't seen season two, so don't spoil it. <laughs> uh, we, we couldn't get through it. Anyways, I haven't watched all of season two. We got bogged down. Okay. Um, I actually had, um, there's like this kind of ugly green floral pussy bow blouse that Violetta mm-hmm. wears um, that I did not like. 
Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. It's not like a violent offender, but I didn't like it. So I had the tea lady outfit. I didn't like it. The little apron was silly. Oh, that was cute. <laughs> Although I did like the white shoes that she wore with that were fantastic. The like white sort of, they weren't quite Mary Janes. I don't know what kind they had. Anyways. Like a tea strap? Yeah. Um, okay. Best week? I had Rosemary, the Hungarian doctor, because I feel like she was sort of living this double life as a cleaning lady and she had to clean, but was like kind of secretly doing her work. But now Birdie's going to help her like actually do her work. I'm going to say Detective Steed because now his truth is out in the open. How good does that feel? But he doesn't even remember it. knows yeah i think he knows in his heart yeah because what other and, secret would he have told and she tells him at the end like yeah you i gave you had a true serum i know what you were thinking <laughs> um so bear with me here i actually had margaret the cleaner because someone finally calls her by her real name and she gets a week off oh the tea lady not the cleaner the, oh yeah the, sorry yeah, yeah, yeah the margaret the tea lady. tea lady the og tea lady the one who actually brings tea yeah, no, that's that's a good good pick. Yeah. Worst week? I had a hard time thinking of worst week. I said Bernie because always... her best friend dies. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Or the lady scientist who is the Russian spy. Elaine. She Elaine. got murdered. You can't pick someone who got murdered for worst week. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Unwritten rule. <laughs> it's just like obviously they got murdered. That's a bad week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna put Tanya or her boyfriend. They both got screwed over. Yeah. They were just ha- they were just trying to have a, a nice little like smooch in the car and ugh, all went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Although she does get free in this episode, so is it really gonna be her worst week? Well, she's been poisoned by some kind of mysterious chemical. Yeah. Like, you have a lot of faith in 1960s medical technologies to solve that problem. Like, she's literally turning blue. Violetta is on the case. Yeah. All right. Well, anything is possible in this zany television show, I guess. All right. What about skill of the week? Mm. I'm going to say undercover barista <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm going to just have to say, like, hiding behind things. <laughs> no, that's terrible. But she just does it so much. Um, I did put snooping, but with a lot of O's. So snooping. snooping. She did a lot with her snooping this week. Well, Mackenzie, how about this? You should say Birdie's code cracking. Oh, yeah. Telex machine. That's true. Although... Does it say anything besides SOS, meet me at my house, like just in plain English? There's no, also she, a code. She cracks, she cracks the, code. the code. Right, yeah, okay. The film that they found, that Peregrine found in the Her office. Okay, yeah, that's good. That's definitely my skill of the week. Yeah. Birdie's code cracking. Yeah, that's better. I forget. I, I've always thinking of Peregrine's skill of the week, but we did decide that in this series we could do anyone. So. True. Um, sexual tension. Wait, what about murder method? We should save sexual tension to last. You're right. Yeah. Um, murder method, negative three for being off the charts, stupid and nonsensical. <laughs> oh, sick bird from Mackenzie. Verbatim what I wrote by notes. <laughs> I'm going to say murder 
I'm going to change it to, instead of murder method, it's just going to be murder. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to say, like, five for the intrigue, because you're like, is it some weird blue alien dust? Is it a burn in this strange spiderweb shape? Is it a car crash? Is it being frozen? It's hard to say, but we do have a dead body. (laughs) It is, yeah, there's a lot of false trails there. And wait, so what was the origin of the burn? I don't remember. The burn is the spade seater. But why did the professor's office? And why did that happen? She was in his office, like confronting him about something, and he, like, was creepy to her, and she got burned. Okay. So that wasn't actually part of the murder. Red hair. I gave it a nine because, okay, number one gets, like, frozen to death in an ISO chamber for a weird, like, scientific experience experiment and the second body gets like drowned in a tank of water i don't know so they just break her neck and then they leave her in the water for no reason oh i mean it's weird but it's not it doesn't make any sense to me most of it like i don't just like it's a it's a tv show doesn't have to make sense some tv shows make more sense than others (laughs) all true (laughs) wow what a spectrum i know all right sexual tension I feel like this is going to be another... I gave it an 8. Yeah, no changing. Everyone has to stick with their original rating. I gave it an 8. I felt like the drugged up, like, thing in the closet and then the kiss. It was all just, like, I I don't know. Mm, I gave it a 2. There was the sexual without the tension. You know, it was like... Yeah, I was going to say that. It was, like, the giggly, cute stuff, but it wasn't, like, there was nothing that you were left wanting. Although, I guess I was wanting the back of the convertible scene. (laughs) Well, and also, I felt like the... Okay, let me justify my high rating. Like, not knowing whether the other person remembers that they bared their heart to you, like, that's a big deal. Yeah, she just just yawned. (laughs) (laughs) I literally wrote in my notes three because i just don't care but it's because there's no tension there's no tension it's like oh they're kissing well that's totally unsurprising like i definitely expected that to happen like i yeah i want surprise and you know i want actual conflict something to stand in the way of these two getting together so that it's more exciting when they do but you didn't find the like oh you know like will he remember what he said or does he not or like i found i don't know i i got i got into it I literally didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am excited to see the next episode to see what happens. Like, the best way to string me along is with, like, an unfulfilled romance, for sure. See, that's called sexual tension. Yeah. I, just, <laughs> I you know, I would have just skipped to the next episode if we didn't have to podcast about it. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think well, that's it. There we yeah. go. Now we're going to cut this too. (laughs) Did you look it up, Genevieve? No. (laughs)